And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just some high flying, ran fast vertical stems of professors from Penn watching eagles eating prey like pazookies on birthdays. It's Philadelphia, Marissa Bowen, Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Marissa Bowen, Zach are here to Squawk. Don't miss the mistress talk on some. I have a radio hit that I'm late for. I'm gonna give my prediction. You guys can stick on. Is that okay? Unbelievable. We, like, we now we find out who has priority. This is ridiculous. We've been on for an hour and 35 minutes. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Looking forward to the post game pod. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends at 3:06 in the morning on Sunday after Saturday night's divisional round champ divisional round game between the Eagles and the Giants, a stomping. And we welcome it with a brand new song. Zach, Marissa, how's everybody doing? Zach, how much longer do we have you before you have to get to a new hit? Bo, you have me for as long as you need me tonight. I am thrilled that Marissa's name is in the song uh, and gets top billing because that's what that she is the the uh, backbone of the show. So I am thrilled that it's it's Marissa first there. Good to see both of you on here. Shout out to uh, Ian and Mark for pulling that together yes. and Marissa for adding the uh, the drop at the end. Nice work, Marissa. Thank you. But yeah, shout out to Mark and Ian. They 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 did the heavy lifting. But um, yeah, 3.07 a.m. That just gave me a pep in my step. I hope it gave you guys a little added energy and ready to talk about this game. Zach, 38 to 7 in this game. And, uh, you know, I said on Friday, I thought this could be a blowout. I, I would like to say I'm surprised with how dominant they were in this yeah. game, but we heard so much about uh, this this new look Giants team. Not so much. Um, and really all that mattered, I, I think the first drive of the game, I felt like, okay, this is, this is it. Um, the Eagles are back at full strength. It seems like they were a little bit out of sight, out of mind to the rest of the league over the past month as Jalen Hurts was out and then recovering from his shoulder injury. And once it looked like he was himself, the offense was back to being itself. Um, it was a reminder that these two teams were completely uh, mismatched. And, uh, the, you know, the first defensive drive of the game, they get after Daniel Jones with a pair of back-to-back -back sacks. I Like, did you at any point think that this game was going to be close after the first drive? No, not after the first uh, drive of the game from both teams. It was we spoke throughout the week, and especially on the last pod about the talent, the the talent disparity between the two teams. Like the Eagles checked every column here you could look at, and I thought the Giants would try to muddy the game. I I need to say it actually worked in the Eagles' favor that they did not win the coin toss. I always believe in deferring the same way they do because 
you know, just if you, if you just look at the data, it's beneficial for a team to defer. But in this game in particular, the fact that the Eagles got the ball first, um, playing with leads, we've spoken about how how they are, uh, they're built to play with leads. The Giants don't have offensive firepower. The the way for the Giants to try to win this game was like the muddy the game, make it close in the fourth quarter. So for the Eagles to jump out on that opening drive, Jalen was perfect on that drive. Uh, and you 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 go from there to the defense having two sacks. At that point, it was just the Eagles were just running away with it. And uh, did I see? I did not see this type of game coming. And I imagine. We I mean, I kind of did. It was. Well, if you saw it coming, you would have predicted 38 to seven, right? So, well, I would try to hedge my bets a little bit, but I said, I can't like, I didn't, I didn't understand the idea that this was going to be a close game. Like, what was your prediction again? I think I said like, said like 31, 17. Zach didn't hear the like prediction that, because he left. That's block. exactly right. Yeah. I <laughs> predicted right, 38, you seven. Right what I, that. what I did Zach is I pulled a U and swooper and said, well, on the five year anniversary of uh, 38 to seven, they're going to yeah. follow it up with 38 to seven which is exactly what happened. But yeah, yeah. second play of the game, Jalen Hurts hits Devontae Smith for 40 yards. Very next play, Dallas Goddard, face mask, or, or you know, stiff arms, Xavier McKinney into next week. Uh, Jalen Hurts runs the ball. They, they show that they've got the full complement of the offensive game plan, uh, the playbook, and then Goddard scores a touchdown, um, and, that's, and, and they're off to the races. And from then on, it was just utter domination up front on both sides of the ball. Um, on defense, they sacked Daniel Jones five times. They pressured him at, I think, a 42, 43% clip. Um, and on, on the other side of the ball, you know, they ran the ball down the Giants' throats. Um, they, the, the biggest uh, rush EPA per rush, EPA per rush of the season, the best all year long in the NFL, was the Eagles' performance against the Giants in Week 14. If you... Uh, and, and so they knew that they could do this to this defense. You know, everybody knows they've got terrible linebackers, like sub NFL linebackers. And it seemed like they really just decided, you know, we can continue to do this uh, against this team. They are not uh, of the same quality as we are. And they ran for 268 yards in this game. And if you look at uh, not just EPA per rush, but total rushing EPA, it was the most dominant rushing performance in the playoffs uh, in the entire true media database, which is this century. So uh, it was it was domination. Kenny Gainwell had 112 yards on 12 carries. Miles Sanders, 17 for 90. Boston Scott, 6 for 32. He got his, uh, his touchdown against the Giants, which, you know, of course, he has to have. And Jalen Hurts, 9 for 34. Um, it was 20 nothing at halftime, and the Giants had run 19 plays from scrimmage. Um, this was like, it was like, thanks for showing up. I'm glad you got your win, but you know, we've got bigger things to do. Yeah. I, you put it well there that these two, we spoke going into the playoffs, how the Seahawks or the giants would be the best case scenario for the Eagles, right? That those Eagles would have decided mismatches against them. And for some reason with the way the giants played against Minnesota, they're, there was this talk forming that they were going to, you know, be a threat to the Eagles. And I thought they would muddy the game. I, 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 I wrote in our predictions, like a backdoor cover, but I, I mean, it was so clear how much better 
the Eagles were. And you spoke about the running game, and we need to talk about Jalen Hurts because the running game, the running numbers that the Eagles had in the last three games compared to the first 14 games of the season and then this game here, the the the, the disparity was obvious. I, I will pull this up. I have it in a story that is uh, being edited now. Um, but it is uh, it, so – if you give me one second here, okay. Uh, this is so in the uh, in the first 15 weeks of the season, the Eagles averaged 157 rushing yards per game and 4.8 yards per carry. The final three weeks of the season, the Eagles averaged 96.3 yards per game, 3.7 yards per carry. Of course, tonight they run for 268 yards and 6.1 yards per carry. Um, it, it's clear that when Jalen is on the field and when he's a threat to run, that it has residual effects on the entire running game, the locker room, all, all levels, whether it was offensive linemen, whether it was Dallas Goddard, whether it was Nick Sirianni, they were all explaining this, what Jalen hurts does to the running game. And that's not to take away from Gainwell or Sanders or Boston Scott, and definitely not to take away from that offensive line, which was just beating up the Giants. But the Eagles running game is built around having a quarterback like Jalen Hurts. And there were no restrictions tonight, as Nick Sirianni said. And from that opening drive, Jalen ran the ball twice on that opening drive, right? He he tucked it away in the zone read. So that signaled right there that, okay, this is this is the offense from before the injury, and it showed. And that's why they ran the ball well, and then the offensive line had a big part of it too. And Lane Johnson's return was huge. I would like to throw a little bit of cold water on that, uh, just in, in noting that the Giants were dead last, 32nd in rush DVOA over the course of the season. The Niners are second. The Cowboys are fifth. And so mm -hmm. it's a little like, you know, the degree of difficulty is going to change next week. It's not just having Jalen Hurts on the field, but you're right. No, but you have, yeah, yeah, you you have now a 15 game sample size with Jalen Hurts on the field playing like this, and you have a three game sample size with Jalen Hurts either off the field or not playing like this, and the there's a disparity there, right? So, well, yeah, of course, I don't think there's a disparity. I'm not, I'm not saying like. He so what are you throwing cold water? Yeah. What so am I throwing? I'm, I'm telling you, they was they played the worst run defense in football. Sure, but but my point is that if Jalen was not, if if he was had the restrictions that he had in Week 18, you would not have this type of running performance even against this defense. Maybe not quite to this level. I think they would have still been able to run on them. But yeah. Well, know. they did play this defense in Week 18, and they did not run on them like this. Yeah, because they didn't even care about that game. I mean, but they didn't just take knees when they ran the ball is my point, right? Yeah, I understand. I'm so, just... yeah. Uh, I mean, if you were making this point, it'd be a very salient one. Well, I wouldn't be making the point because it's a mediocre point. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, what do you want me to tell you? Reasonable minds can disagree. Okay. Okay. I mean, you're, you're right on the general point. Obviously, Jalen Hurts changes – 
the math for them and they're a much better running team when he's healthy. I agree with yes. that. Okay. So I, I don't know what you're just. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, giving, you're giving me a three-game sample size. You're telling you're 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 gassing up this terrible defense. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I I am simply saying that the so the big questions going into tonight's game. Yes. How's this offense going to look with you know? Is this going to be pre-injury Jalen and how's Lane Johnson going to look? And I I didn't get a chance to speak with Lane Johnson after the game. I imagine he was in a lot of pain. I heard him actually, he did an interview with NFL Network coming off the field. Mm. And he said early in the game, uh, it was it was tightening up on him and, and and then it got better, but it actually felt better than he expected going into the game. I had my binoculars on him for uh, a good chunk of the game, in particular early. And he was he was paving the lane, so to speak. He was he was looking like Lane Johnson out there, mm. and uh, and th- and th- and that was huge. And, th- and then the other question was, what kind of offense are they going to run? Is this going to be the pre-injury Jalen? And uh, performance-wise, right when they took such a big lead, they didn't need to throw the ball all over the place, and they didn't need to play with the same type of offensive vigor that they did earlier in the game. But the the first half was every bit the pre-injury Jalen. And if you're looking for like the reasons for optimism tonight, it's, it's those questions were answered. And now, well, there's a lot of reasons for optimism, but those questions were answered and that bodes well going into next weekend. I think that's right. And I think if you just look at like the, the, the arc of the season, um, you know, by early January, it was pretty clear that the Eagles were going to be, you know, the number one seed in the NFC. Mm -hmm. Um, in that they had some work to do, and then Jalen Hurts got injured. But it was also it was also human um, and understandable for like the team itself to have a bit of a lull um, at that stage of the season, knowing that all all signs are pointing towards you know the playoffs anyway. Um, I think that's that's human nature. And so, like the question was, could they flip the switch and get back to? You know, the middle of the season Eagles uh, come playoff time with a week of rest, an extra week of preparation for the coaching staff and having 21 of their 22 starters available. And it was nice to see very early on that it was a resounding yes, um, that that they could flip that switch. And um, in terms of the degree of difficulty, it's going to be much it's going to it's, it's you know, it's going to be ramped up significantly next week. You're going to be playing a good defense. And you're going to be playing a better offense. Um, and the Giants are, you know, the worst team remaining. Um, and and th- this was very easy. But that's what you fight all season for, exactly. which is what we talked about. Like they, the Eagles earned the right to get to play a bad team, a mediocre team in the divisional round because they were 14 and three. They were 14 and one with their starting quarterback. Uh, they get they get the week of rest. Um, this is what they earned, and it means that you know they're going to be playing a team next week who's probably going to be coming off a more difficult game. Um, and so. This is what they fought for. And it was nice to see that that they can be that team that they were. So I think you got to be feeling pretty good, especially when you get the uh, the kismet of the 38 to 7 full circle moment five years later. Yeah. So uh, two things there. First off, you're absolutely right uh, about about earning the one seed. And, and when the, uh, the NFL expanded to the 17 playoffs, uh, it 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 didn't just add that seventh team, it further incentivized getting the one seed. Hmm. And 
you know, it used to be like the only difference between the one and the two was home field advantage for the conference championship game, which, which is significant. All right. And, you know, a, a slightly easier opponent seating wise than in, in the second round, the advantage now is so significant, right? When you look at, you're the only team that gets the buy and then, uh, the second round opponent you're you're playing varies. It's 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 much different than the other one. So, uh, yeah, it it that's why you play the regular season to get the one seed. And you saw the advantage tonight because if the Eagles were not the one seed, uh, even if they were the two seed and San Francisco was the one, this this first round this second round matchup, this divisional round matchup, would be notably different. And then you mentioned the Kismet. I mean, I. I uh, a Bo teases me for sharing old old links to stories. Um, I don't apologize for that. The reason I write stories is so people read them, and I, I think that the shelf life is more than just the day you write them. Uh, so it I I shared before the game my story at the Inquirer from five years ago, and and never did I imagine that it would be thirty eight to seven on the same night five years later. So the Eagles should petition to have every home playoff game on January 21st, right? There's mm. probably something about this date, but uh, it it was uh, interesting symmetry, and it wasn't, you know, apples for apples in terms of the crowd because that was going to the conference championship. This is a, a little different, but this was a, a like a fired-up crowd. There's something about these, these late games. Um, you know, Sal Palantonio had that nugget, on ESPN today that Eagles fans were buying Philadelphia Wings tickets so they can uh, tailgate in the parking lot even more. I was getting messages from uh, people who were going to the game who were talking about what those parking lots were like. Uh, so this, I mean, you know, I'm, I I go, it's a work day for me. and But uh, I, I know there's 68,000 plus who uh, – revel in that party and I hope that 68,000 plus had a nice time because uh, this is one of those nights Eagles fans will remember you know how Chris Long uh, famously said that anyone could have gotten it that night yes on the NFC championship game I think anyone could have given it to the Giants on this night I mean not the Texans right <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I, I so I'll say this it, I think this this wasn't all the Giants doing. Like the Eagles' defense was awesome tonight. Yes. Uh, Jonathan Gannon's group and Nick Sirianni gave an impassioned defense of Jonathan Gannon post game, but that defense was yeah. But that touchdown they gave up. I figured you'd focus on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah, right, uh, but no, that 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 group played outstanding. They the pressure they had on Daniel Jones, the secondary just locked up. I, I know it's it's a subpar group of pass catchers, but the secondary locked them up, and the Giants just had no chance of moving the ball on the Eagles tonight. So all, all sides of and, – and special teams too. Brett Kern had a good night. I saw the, the Punalytics crew said uh, Brett is back. Uh, oh. I mean, uh, Zach McPherson had a – you think, huge... he was, you think he was uh, responding to the Aaron Sipos plea to come off IR? You think this was maybe. a bit of a... Yeah, maybe so. I, I, uh, Zach McPherson had a big tackle. Um, 
Jake Elliott remains perfect on field goals in the postseason. Mm. And Jake Elliott, who was a part of that 38-7 to win against the Vikings five years ago, probably, well, I don't know if he knew or not the uh, significance of that field goal but there, or that extra point. But there was some pressure on that going through for that 38-7 symmetry to be maintained. Mm. What would you make of that Brian Dable punt? That was a weak punt. And what are we doing, Dibs? The explanation I, I read the explanation after the game that he said, you know, the uh the defense had had made, I think, two straight stops at that point or a stop at that point, and they thought that uh they could, you know, pin them back. And then the Eagles went on and had a, a long drive. He, long. he probably should have gone for it. But yeah, to me it's like that's a complete no brainer. Fourth and six from the uh from the Giants 42 down 28-7 with 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And earlier in the game he he, he went for a first a, possession. Uh, fourth, yeah, fourth and 8. That's when Reddick had the back-to-back sacks, although it turned out that he ended up splitting the second one with your boy Josh Sweat, who later had a sack. A strip sack. Yeah, Josh Sweat who uh, by the way builds computers from scratch if you mm. want to know more about it, you can find that story. On the athletic, have you gotten any compliments uh, on that story? Uh, I I appreciate all the readers who've reached out and uh, left in the comment section. I've read every one of them, and I'm I'm genuinely grateful. Yes, it's a great story, which Thank you. you were told several times in the lock in the post game locker room, I believe. But we'll <laughs> all right, that let's for another yeah, another yeah. day. Yeah, let's focus on the task at hand here. Okay. Um. What did you think of Jalen Hurts in this game, Zach? Um, he his his final number is 16 of 24 for 154 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Some of those throws uh, were throw. There was like the, I think midway through the second quarter, his only incompletions had been throwaways. Mm-hmm. Um, he seemed mostly back to being himself, and it, this was just the kind of game in which they didn't ask him to do much with his arm. Is that fair? Yes, and they asked him to, to do much with his arm early in the game, right? They came out passing the ball, actually similar to that Week 14 game, right? On that opening drive, it was it was more passing than running, yeah. And then the second drive was more running than passing, but uh, yeah, they they yes, they passed the only nope the the fourth touchdown yeah. drive he passed he passed a good amount. I thought that. Uh, yeah, I, I thought he looked really good on 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 that first drive. He was making good decisions. He knew where to go with the ball. There weren't many passes where, uh, in real time, I said he would like that back. There was that second half pass, to AJ Brown, where he overthrew him. AJ mm. was open. That that might be one of them at that. And point, I think that was AJ Brown's last play of the game. Um, and if you were looking for like a reason to be concerned, um, him coming up like a little bit lame at one point. Uh, would be the one thing to worry about. And he, the, the broadcast showed him like not being very happy on the sideline. Um, and he did not talk afterwards in the locker room. He, I was trying to talk to him. He said he was going to be right back. Went to the trainer's room, never saw him again. Um, and he was talking to teammates uh, about something. I don't know what the deal was there. I don't know if he was upset because he like maybe injured something late in the game that he didn't need to be in or if he wanted the ball more. Or, you know, uh, he, like me, uh, lost Felix Oje Aliasim in his, maybe he's got a tennis thing with his brother too. 
Um, but whatever it is, he was up, he was upset about something. Yeah, I I did not get a chance to speak with him, so I I certainly don't want to speak on his behalf here. Uh, but I I did receive a few texts about that, and I don't have the answer yet. But hopefully, I mean AJ, if he's if he's not injured, we'll have a chance to speak to him this week and get more clarity on that. Mm. Okay. And Lennon Dickerson was the only other uh, injury that popped up. He left the game uh, at one point, was replaced at left guard by Andre Dillard, but then he returned. So uh, you would expect that all is good there. Uh, all right, Zach, uh, would you like to take a little break here? Would you like to talk about some more specifics about the game plan, what we saw? What would you like to do? I'm in the passenger seat here, so I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever you choose. What time is your hit with Gargano? I, I know what you're doing here. You're instigating and I'm not gonna, I, I feel very, I, I felt bad that I got off, but I was, it was an hour and a half and I wrote on there. I need to be off by 12 here. And I pushed it back to 1205, but you could use the text, you know, you, you went the private chat route, which who, who's really watching that on the it's, back end. It's literally, there. it's literally much I was, easier. I saw it in there. Thank you, Marissa. Yeah. Yeah. It would actually be easier to leave a private message in the interface that we're using as opposed to sending a text message. No, because I have the actual comments. I would have to click another tab. If you text me, then I can see that you've texted me. Okay. Nonetheless, I have uh, no radio hit tonight. So I I am here for as long as as you think necessary. But I do think there's something to be said about the – a nice succinct show where we are uh, covering the pertinent points. But if your plan is to do daily pods this week, we certainly don't need to go overboard on the post game pod. We've committed to it. <laughs> Marissa, how is Michael feeling? Was he rooting for the Eagles to win this game so that he could get his offensive line breakdown appearance this week? So after the game, I told him he was, he was watching and I said, um, you know, this means you're coming on this week. You know that, right? And he was like, like really coming on and i was like yeah i mean you said it and i like said it on air in front of all these people and he was like okay i'm really gonna have to you know review all the film and make sure i have all my notes ready oh so nice he's he's ready to go um, this is awesome yeah he's i think he's excited i think he's he's got a little bit of a man cold i told you so he's like oh well i'm a little worried about my voice we can, like, we oh can put we, we make it later in the week if, yeah. if he wants. I said we have Wednesday or Thursday. Time. Yeah. Yeah. If he's not better by then, geez, I might have to ship him out. But <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so he, he's excited. Um, I know there was a lot of lot of talk. I mean, it's all over Twitter too. That that Kelsey play um, was mm. unreal. So. Oh, the one hand pancake. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> oh, okay, that's nothing to Zach. <laughs> <laughs> oh the one hand pancake yeah <laughs> i was impressed by that play it's a nice play yes so um he, he he's looking forward to it and and even uh checking out the like the reverse like the uh either the cowboys or the 49ers yeah. offensive line and how the eagles defense can uh can go after them so he's he's looking forward to it mm, that's exciting no pressure because no it would be his first pot appearance so not his last though a lot at stake. <laughs> well, we can't care. I mean, I hope that. Yeah, that's we can't not the guarantee case, it. Yeah, like he's, he's, he's got to perform. <laughs> he will perform. He'll rise. I. He's. He's a natural. Yeah. So. 
Okay. I heard him speak at the wedding. He was awesome. He doesn't, he doesn't like, he's more of the quiet one. I'm more of the talker, but yeah. once but you his... get him going, he can talk, especially if it's his... like offensive line play. So I might have to like have a mute button and be like, okay, <laughs> roll the break. <laughs> I thought his vows were beautiful. So uh, yeah, he'll follow up from that. I thought his eyes were beautiful. <laughs> uh, Zach, to your earlier point uh, that we um, bickered about on the Jalen Hurts changing things. I think one thing, one place where that did show up in which we talked about ahead of time was in the red zone um, mm -hmm. where they struggled against the Giants in week 18 and went one for five. Um, yeah. They scored touchdowns on their first four uh, yeah. trips into the red zone in this game and pretty easily. Um, I think I, I think a lot of this is Jalen Hurts, but I also think I, I do think we need to give the coaching staff credit. Yes. Um, I think they do take advantage of the extra time uh, and have proven it now. You know, that was a great stat you had. Yeah. You said on the pod and then you had it in our preview today. Yeah. So yeah, now five games in which they've had, uh, you know, extra time to prepare for a game. So we're looking at, you're talking about week ones and then they're post by uh, five and oh now. And, you know, maybe that's just, maybe that's just noise. Maybe there's something to it. But I think that they were able to look at this team and what they've been able to do all year long is because on offense they can win in so many different ways, they can really like spam and attack what the defense is bad at. And this defense was really bad at stopping the run. They were able to kill their linebackers and uh, and and put them in tough positions. And even the passing game, it was mostly short passes for Jalen Hurts, getting guys in space, and the Giants defense couldn't tackle them. Um, I think they identified that they they knew they felt comfortable that they were going to win those matchups and uh, and they certainly did. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Like, what would you would you rather face the Cowboys, a team that you've already game planned for and like you have a better feel for, and these quarterbacks have not faced each other, which I think is interesting. Or is it more interesting to have this this test of a, of a team who you have not played yet? I don't know. Well, can I defer that question for a, a, a moment here? Because I just wanted to Please. respond to your previous point. Uh, because it is something that I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. Because I was I was thinking about it in the drive home tonight when I was I was trying to I, – I, I wasn't writing it down because I was driving, but thinking of some thoughts I wanted to get across on the show. And Nick Sirianni, is, he's, he can laugh at himself, and he has these meme-worthy – either quotes or oh, we haven't even talked about things this, that he yeah. does, you know, whether, you know, the, the pizza thing during the week and the flowers last year. And there's so many of, of these examples. And then there was, you know, in the locker room after, after the game and posing for uh, the players, Instagram videos where, and he's wearing the chain and then on the sideline, uh, you know, he, he made a face. Then of course there was the one where, he said to uh, a referee on or an official on on the sideline that he effing knows what he's doing, um, and that will and so she could I just want to say the whole team. Yeah, he, Nick Sirianni, uh, he effing knows what he's doing as a coach. He is a really good football coach, and his team, his his team's prepared. They're prepared schematically. 
They're prepared situationally. They're prepared emotionally. Okay. There's, there's very seldom a, t a, a time this season when, when they've, they haven't been prepared or they've, they've, they've done stupid things or, or senseless things or the types of plays that like, if a coach has like a, you know, Nick Sirianni has situational meetings and uh, he's talked about this on the record, these situational meetings that he has, what, the Eagles don't do things that that I think would be like uh, where bad coaching, and you see that around the league. And he just he has you know the the you mentioned how they have they had these answers. And Brian Dable's a really good coach. Okay, I think he's shown that this year. He's extracted a lot out of his talent. Nick Sirianni's gone up against Brian Dable twice this year, and the Eagles have much more talent. But in well well three times this year, but twice when. Like the teams are trying to win games, right? And the Eagles have blown them off the field. They've been prepared. And every week, the Eagles seem to be prepared. I think Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff, uh, Nick, Nick, Nick probably doesn't get the credit that he deserves in part because, like, you know, he, 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 he comes off, uh, yeah, like the pizza thing this week, or as I said, the flowers thing less year and there's there's all these different types of examples but if you just look at it from a football coaching perspective he is a really good coach and he deserves to be discussed among the top coaches in the league dating back to last year they 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 played for him at the end of last year and they followed it up he's been awesome he's been absolutely awesome and i think we've talked about this too but but i think one way in which he is particularly underrated is is as an offensive mind um because he handed over the play calling midway through last season to shane steichen i think it is viewed as like steichen's doing the play calling even though we've talked about like it's it's sirianni's menu and steichen is calling the, yep. is you know picking what to order off the menu but uh you mentioned this to me before zach like you know doug peterson always said that he didn't he didn't he never wanted to lose play calling because that was his favorite part of the job yep um that's what he cared about the most well, that's not the case for Sirianni. He said that his favorite part of the job is game planning, is yes. putting the game plan together on Monday and Tuesday, like figuring out what it, what buttons they want to press, what they want to put together, where their matchups are, where their advantages are. And that does like that bears it out uh, based on the things that they've done over the course of two years. I mean, they have incredible talent advantages all over the board. Uh, you know, we could we could play the game of dispersing turkeys between Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni and, and Jalen Hurts if we want to, but um, Sirianni has absolutely taken advantages of the uh, the talent edges that they have whenever possible. You're absolutely correct. You're and he's yeah, I, and I I think he has a really good temperament too for for being a head coach. There's different styles of head coaches. There's there's the you know, there's the Bill Belichick, right, where 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 you like rule everything, and then there's the Sean McVay, where it's almost like you're, you know, the mastermind. I think mm -hmm. uh, there's the Tony Dungy way. I think I think Nick's humility and Which and you like having one of the best quarterbacks of all time into people thinking you're, uh, you know, a smart person, but in I think Nick's you're just sort of a bigot. I think all you know, all of Nick's. Um, like these core principles, he he adheres to them. 
the his ability to connect with the players, with people in the building, their emphasis on fundamentals comes through. Like that, he's he backs up what he preaches, and uh, I've been impressed by his coaching job throughout the year. And I was really impressed by the way his team came out tonight. Okay, let's take a little break. Uh, come back, talk about some small parts of the game plan that, that jumped out to us. Uh, maybe some more thoughts on potential matchups. We'll talk about Swooper. And we'll put this bad boy to bed because you boys got some running, a lot of running to do. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Counting a swooper thing. Mm, interesting. Very interesting. Uh, welcome back to Birds with Friends, Bozak and Marissa. I got, uh, you know those, you know when like there are tweets about like uh, you'll never get roasted more than by like a teenager or something like that on the street? I got absolutely just demolished by my two-year-old daughter Jane on the way to work today. Just <laughs> completely roasted. I was I was getting dressed. Uh, I, had, I had gotten fully dressed. Was packing my uh, my bag, my work bag. Came downstairs where she was, uh, and I was I was wearing my shoes. And my shoes tonight, my dress shoes. I uh, didn't have laces. You know, they're the kind of sh- shoes with no laces, kind of like loafers or whatever. And she goes, "I like your slippers, Daddy." <laughs> Like Here I'm wearing slippers to work. Game. <laughs> Killed me. So Did I've been down. At, oh, I mean, I, I still wore them. It was too late <laughs> to change at that point, but killed me. She's a, sty- a stylish girl. She knows yeah. her, her stuff. I like your slippers, Dad. <laughs> you look sharp tonight. Thanks, Jay. You, you, you had the Ivy League uniform on tonight, right? The... What does that mean? That's like the the sweater with the uh, the V neck sweater with the button down underneath. Yeah. Why is that the Ivy okay. League uniform? I I was watching like uh, I was watching Shark Tank recently, and they I think they made that reference to one of the to yeah I, to so it was it was fresh in my mind. So I'm supposed to have seen that episode of Shark Tank in order to get that reference? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, what would you call your uniform? For the for the audio listeners, which is a jacket and a white button down. Um, I I don't have a name for it. It's what I wear at the games. Yeah, I wear jeans, jacket, and button down. Now, will you will you plus up for the championship game? We talked plus about this two thousand seventeen. You know, plus you, up regarding you, what you dress the juice of level of the game. 
would like if in the Super Bowl, will you wear the same thing? Or will you go suit? Will you go tie? What do you think? I mean, okay, well, it's one game at a time, right? But no, I, I used to wear a suit for every game. And then I I went in this direction probably like two, three years ago. And okay. Well, you uh, haven't had it, but you haven't had a championship game since then. Yeah, no, I, I'll still go sport jacket and you know, you know, and you know jeans, jacket. Though? Or you're gonna Yeah, dark jeans, dark you know, black okay. jeans or yeah. And then Super Bowl two? we'll see when we get there right we'll see if 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 the if the eagles get there i haven't thought about what i'm wearing if in this hypothetical situation what about you bo would you change your attire based off uh the game yeah i think so okay. that's my mo uh i mean i'll i'll go tie for at least one of those games Ooh, for sure okay. yeah yeah you okay. can dress for the juice I think that's yeah. ties aren't as popular as 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 they were pre-COVID, right? I have so Is that many a COVID thing. Well, yes, because people don't dress up as as much anymore. I mean, if you want to, if if I I know you're playing devil's advocate here, but literally look at NBA coaches, college coaches, they don't wear suits anymore, right? Um, because I believe what it was was during uh, COVID, or they couldn't get their clothes dry cleaned on the road. Right, something like that. so. That was when they shifted, and then ever since then, now you see like the casual attire on the sidelines. But in general, uh, ties aren't as customary as they used to be. I I used to, I mean, this might sound like a flex. I I used to be on TV every every week, a few that times a, a week, and I would have to wear the suit and the tie. And then later on in my time on TV, they actually said not to wear the tie anymore because they were going with the more casual look. So yeah, I, I don't think it's a, it's like a con I, a controversial take to say that ties are becoming less emphasized. Well, no, but I, it wasn't that they're becoming less emphasized. I didn't, I didn't know that the, the pre post COVID line was a directed line that you were drawing. Yeah. I, I, I look at NBA coaches, college coaches as an example of that. They used to be known for the suits. That's where wear. you get your trends. Those are your, those are your fashion trendsetters. Uh, well, I, I, I don't work in a, in a traditional office setting. So the places where I see people wear ties the most are television and basketball so. sidelines. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't work in a traditional office setting like an NBA sideline. <laughs> no. So what I'm saying is that where I see people dressed up the most are on television, NBA sidelines, college basketball sidelines. And I don't watch as many NHL games, but NHL sidelines. Would you call those sidelines? <laughs> okay. All right. Let's. It's three forty nine a.m. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So cleaning up some some like news and notes stuff that we had talked about in the lead up to the game. Um. It was indeed on defense. C.J. Garner Johnson in the slot. Um. When they were a nickel, which they were or dime or that five one five most of the time uh, and read Blankenship at safety. Um, I thought, I thought that worked out well. I mean, this was not a very good offense they were playing, but, but Blankenship uh, was active, made several tackles. There was that one play in the second half uh, that drop way downfield. That could have been a touchdown. I, I would have to watch the tape to see who was at fault on that one. Um, I thought Gardner Johnson was good. We didn't even talk about James Bradbury. 
had the interception early of Daniel Jones. It was like the one possession the Eagles didn't score a touchdown of their first five possessions after that, but uh, a really nice play. And that was a play where um, that was like, give Jonathan Gannon full credit because they pants them on that play. Uh, CJ Johnson. I'm telling you, CJ Gardner Johnson blitzed from the slot. Uh, and so, you know, that Daniel Jones's rules are to, you know, throw it where the blitz is coming from, you know, re- replace the blitzer. He throws it hot and James Bradbury had it pegged the whole time comes steaming in and is there to make the interception. So uh, give Bradbury credit and give Gannon credit for that one. Is this um, the part where we bring Professor Selman on the show or. Maybe you need to bring Angelo on. Although I don't know, you've got you've got your ninety-seven-five deal, so <laughs> who knows if we can ping-pong it back and forth. So the reference that Bo is uh, just made there is Nick Sirianni gave a spirited defense of Jonathan Gannon after 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 the game, and he referenced Angelo Cataldi from ninety-four-one WIP. What Nick Sirianni said was, and I'm I'm pulling this up here. He said, uh, "He said, man, what did they score? Seven. Yeah, big time. Jonathan Gannon puts those guys in great positions. Obviously, we have great players. Sometimes I have to hear some things about Jonathan Gannon, and I don't know if it's you guys. Might be a more other people. I, I won't say names. Angelo, right? But this mm-hmm. guy is an unbelievable coordinator. The fact that he doesn't get respect of, of, from our radio station blows my mind. It blows my mind. I know, uh, he said, the guy's an incredible coordinator. People love to play for this guy. Um, he, he, and then he, he he went on to say, uh, um, every time I coach hear, in this league. Yeah, so um, um, skimming through here. Every time I hear an answer about Jonathan Gannon, I laugh to myself. As a matter of fact, coaches from other teams ask me, does Jonathan Gannon get, and they wrote in the transcript, crap here. I think he said shit here. Um, I'm like, somehow, yeah, like Dak. this guy's incredible. He's 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 gonna be a head football coach in the National Football League because of what he does. This guy is a stud. He's a stud. I can't wait to talk to Angelo on Monday. Hmm. Again, working blue. I mean, it's three fifty-two a.m. So yes, according not to for the FCC people listening standards, to it. right? He would be okay. I'm also quoting, so. Hmm. But not based on the transcript. You you freelanced a little bit. Well, I listened. I listened to it too so i'm i'm aware yeah yes. <laughs> um yeah i thought i thought good and and i jonathan gannon um early in this game they sent some aggressive blitzes um and you also had that that fourth down sack hassan reddick's looping inside um they, they he threw a few different things out there um and then they were able to line up and line up and just win uh, against an offensive line that is not very good so Good job by good job by uh, your boy, Zach. Uh, on offense, some interesting uh, personnel usage nuggets uh, relative to what we've seen most of the season. The Eagles sort of uh, pushed the Zach Pascal button and played a little bit less Quez Watkins. Uh, first half, Pascal outsnapped him. Also saw plenty of twelve personnel in this game. It seemed like early uh, when this game was still undecided that they the Eagles would do a lot of spread to run and then uh, bring in 12 personnel to throw. For instance, that that 40 yard completion um, wasn't was with 12 personnel. Um, again, they did not throw downfield very much. It was mostly quick passes. Jalen Hurts was getting rid of the ball quickly uh, and they were getting the guys the ball in space. 
Obviously, that worked out well. Um, not quite as heavy a Dallas Geyer game as we were expecting, but five catches for 58 yards. It was early on, on five targets. Yeah, you're right. It, early on, they, they made an effort, it seemed like. Um, Devontae Smith led the way, six catches on 10 targets for 61 yards. And a touchdown, A.J. Brown just three for 22. Gainwell, one for nine. Pascal, one for four. AJ Brown, like not not super involved in this game, but I think that's fine. You 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 think? I mean, obviously it's fine, but I yeah. think that's like uh, calm before the storm type deal. I think against an actually good defense, you would probably throw him the ball more in contested catch situations. Oh yes, and they're. I mean, whether it's next week or the week or two weeks after that, the Eagles are going to have to pass the ball, right? And they got off to such a big lead tonight, like we said. After the first half, they barely passed the ball. After the first quarter, they didn't have to pass the ball much. Uh, so this didn't have to be a big A.J. Brown game, but that's what makes this Eagles offense special is that they're able to play different styles. And Jalen Hurts has compared it to uh, a menu at a restaurant where sometimes you want the steak and sometimes you want the seafood. Uh, and that's, that's how this offense is. There are going to be days when it's a big – AJ Brown game, and there are going to be days when it's a Miles Sanders slash Kenny Gainwell game. I know we're like sort of poo pooing it a little bit because the, the Giants turned out to be sort of phonies. But I think one thing you have to say about this Eagles performance um, and what makes it really impressive is that they were able to do it despite the fact that Robert Quinn was limited in practice this week. <laughs> Yes, yes. So, uh, do you want to explain the reference, or are we gonna are we gonna keep it esoteric? Did you guys see Connor today? Only on my Twitter feed. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping to see him. I, I saw. I I didn't see him in the press box. I saw him on the Twitter. The arrival that we needed, but mm. um, and then I saw I, I saw when I was I had my binoculars clued in or. I, I I watch a lot of stuff pregame. Bo kind of teases me about it. Um, he always says, "What are he's you wearing looking? pants?" He's look at this. He's wearing pants. Bo always says, "What are you looking at?" And um, I'm trying to get as much color. I'm trying to be the eyes and ears of guys. Uh, check this out. I I'll stand on get a recording on. of what is going on in Zach's binoculars. Yeah. Like if mm -hmm. if that recorded the footage, yeah, I would, that would be, would be very intrigued what Zach's looking. Well, at Zach, he, he spotted Peyton Manning talking to Jeffrey Lurie on the sideline ahead of the mm -hmm. game, and John's and and John Hurts' mother uh, you know, dancing up there. a storm in the end zone. But yeah, so I'm I'm actually going to defend this here, okay? Because what I'm trying to do for my stories is find things that the audience can't see. Oh, I don't if, know. If, if, defend this okay, at all. Yeah. This is good recording. Okay, well, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to explain it. Like, if all I'm doing is is, is looking at what's happening during the game, that's like, I, I, I'd like to say sometimes the the time was when I'm least valuable to to the readers are those three hours when the game's going on because during that time, I'm basically seeing the same thing they are. Now, I have a different vantage point and different context, but – what I'm trying to find is like all the things that you can't see on TV or, or that you won't know just from watching the game. So, uh, yeah. So I, I'm always kind of, I'm seeing who's talking to whom, who, you know, what, what the interactions might be. And, uh, I, I, I did see, I, I see the national, the TV reporters down there on the side. And I'm always envious of Dave Zangaro from NBC sports, Philadelphia, because he gets the, he gets that TV pass to be down mm -hmm. there every week. 
So I'm sorry. And what did this? This was about Connor. This whole thing. Yes. Just gazing, gazing yeah. yourself up as a good reporter. It was really just a. I see. I see what you did there. You brought a full circle. No, I wasn't. This okay. is how you're supposed to do the job. I was no, no, no. I was saying you make fun of me because I don't make fun me. of you for that. You say I think you, you, you do you a all, good job you, with that. You you look like you're looking at someone very intently right now. What are you doing? Well, yeah. there are times when you are very you 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 are very uh, siloed in on something, and I want to know what it is. I want to know what has your attention. I'm not making fun of you for that. I'm okay. I'm I'm trying to pick up some some scoops <laughs> from you. All right, fair enough. My, I was watching the game with my mom and she actually asked me like what kind of notes and stuff you guys take during the game. And I told her that you both are so detailed, you know, who was in on every play, you know, what happens on every play. So she was very impressed by that. She was like, wow, they know well, even like who's in on each play. I'm like, yeah. So well, you guys I'm, both do a very good job. No, Marissa, that's very nice of you to say, but honestly, and I, I mean this sincerely, that's a credit to Bo. Bo is as, as good at watching a game as any reporter that I've seen. Uh, and, and that's like, there's, and I, but, I say this factually. But wait, as you just wait. said, the lowest amount of value provided to uh, the listeners. <laughs> no, because you are, no, because you're. During that time. No, no, Bo is, I think the only one in that press box who's charting personnel usage on every single play of the game. Right, like he's he's terrific at that. So yeah, Bose focus. You Bo's guys are a great are awesome. team, a great yeah. team. You yeah, should look at so, it like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, We're thank all you. lucky to get your analysis and everything after every game. And thank I know you. the listeners appreciate. Do we need it your analysis? Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> uh, okay. Are we anything else on on the game? You think? I mean, I feel like we haven't talked about uh, all the things that happened enough, but. Uh, it, was such a, it was such a walk in the park. Yeah. Now we 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 just hit on the defense. We just hit on, you know, we hit on on, what, on what? Dallas Goddard. Um, I think the uh, the other thing that is kind of funny to point out is and but uh, two different players brought this up to me after after, after the game was the way that the uh, backup defensive players were playing on that final drive. Oh, yes, I want this. I wanted to bring this up. Yeah, they were <laughs> yeah. laying wood. Yeah. Josh Job like, almost killed the guy. Yeah. yeah, there was like three consecutive plays where they just like humble these people. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, so Dude, Josh Job just like a heat-seeking missile. Yeah, two guys brought that up after the game, so I, it's it's it was noticed by their teammates. And he had like a little pep in his step in the. Uh, in the but, locker room afterwards. Yeah, I no hairstyle. I, I guess that would be my question for you, Zach. Um, before we get to Swooper, is um, you know, Sirianni said the uh, the locker room was lit after the game. Yeah, but by the time we were in there, it was once again as it was uh, two weeks ago, fairly muted. Um, and it, like it was not super celebratory by the time we got in there, and it was you know it was sort of like uh, business as usual, right? When we were in there, yes, but. Fortunately, uh, a few players went on Instagram Live, mm, and yeah. as as we're waiting to get in, you can pull up the Instagram Live, and that's where you see, that's where you see what the uh, what Nick Sirianni was referring to as the locker room being lit. I mean, they were they were dancing. Nick had the chain on, and it was it was very much a uh, they just stopped the party once we get in. Whereas in 2017, they continued the party when we yeah got in. yeah. Yeah, so okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious why that is. You should ask the, the guys you know. What, what did you, uh, 
uh, uh, learn in the, in the locker room when you were in there? Or should we wait for your story tomorrow? Not too much, yeah. honestly. Okay. Um, did you know? Did you see what? Did you see the little scene with Jason Kelsey uh, and Dom DeSandro? I was talking to Jordan Mylot at the time, mm. and I saw something happening there. What was going on? Who was that's, it on the? Phone? That's the lead of my story. Is that? Oh, uh, okay. Dom that's DeSandro uh, brought over uh, his phone. He yep. was FaceTiming with some people. And he showed it to Jason Kelsey, and Jason Kelsey lit up. He was very excited to talk to these people. You'll have to you have to read the day after to find out who those people were. Ooh, what I love a tease. that. That is a good tease. Can't Speaking wait for of that. Kelsey, what game does his mom attend? I'm very invested in this. Mm. She was like in City this morning. Right. Or, I feel like she's got to come come here next weekend. Then right. What did she? She didn't come today. No, she, she no today? no she stayed and yeah she was in Kansas City I believe. Oh, I thought she did both today. Which is surprising, yeah, because you would think that she there were two different days. Oh no, same day. It was same yeah, day. Yeah, same day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same day. I didn't know if she, yeah. you know, in that like one hour span got on a plane. Mm. But I would think she has to do I think she knew that this game was she she listened to Friday's Birds with Friends and she said, mm. Bo Wolf told me this is gonna be a blowout. I know that I can go to the NFC championship game next weekend. I better go to this Chiefs game just in case. Which game did you think would be more of a blowout today? This one. This one? Okay. Yeah. Well, the Kansas City one looked like it was going to be a blowout before Mahomes got hurt. But yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah. Uh I I did not answer your your question earlier about which opponent I would more I would more rather see. And if if I were the Eagles, that is. I mean. Uh honestly, and people we mentioned this on the other day. As high as the 49ers have been, if I'm the Eagles, I would still rather see Purdy. Mm. And then the because if if the Cowboys win, if the Cowboys beat the Niners, then that means they're gaining momentum. And that offense. Oh, it's coming to Uncle Mo. <laughs> no, but I'm saying that I refer to that team as a high as a high variance team, as a team that I thought they could have lost to Tampa Bay. I think they can win the Super Bowl. Like they they had they had both extremes because they can score the ball. They can get after, you know, they have a, a really good pass rush. Now that said, when you talk about the strength of the Eagles and you talk about the strength on, on their lines of scrimmage, San Francisco is really strong on both lines of scrimmage. Okay. They're, they're basically strong everywhere on their roster except quarterback. And by the way, maybe they are strong at quarterback. Maybe like we're overweighing too much. The fact where Brock Purdy was drafted. Uh, by the way, Zach, I, I remember I, I was thinking about this. We both liked Brock Purdy. You've yes. been giving me credit, but we both yes. liked Brock yeah, Purdy. We talked about true. it on the podcast that he yes. was he was both of you asked me who are who who my late yeah. round quarterback sleeper was. I said Purdy and you said he was yours too. Yeah, and I, I think I mentioned about 14 times uh the Iowa State connections on the Eagles coaching staff, right? right? Uh so yes, that is so credit to us both. Yeah, we we invented him. <laughs> no, but uh I mean, and I think Dallas knows the Eagles, right? The Eagles know Dallas too, but I think that there's there's some of that familiarity there might work against the Eagles in that game. And that, you know, you know, Dallas has played in Philly. They've won in Philly in the past. So I would rather, and I I, I don't have the comments in, in, in front of me in this new interface, so I don't know what the fans are saying. But honestly, as hot as San Francisco They're is. They're saying wear a tie. I think San Francisco could be uh, a little better for the Eagles than Dallas. 
Mm. I asked them this earlier in the pod, and it was overwhelmingly would rather face the Cowboys. Mm. Because they want to like, beat the Cowboys as rivals? Because they think the Cowboys are the easier path? I think there was a little of both in there. Okay. But I would say like over 90% of people said the Cowboys. Interesting. I think objectively, I would rather play the Cowboys because they're they would be playing their third straight road game, having gone Tampa, San Francisco, Philly. That's a bit of a gauntlet. Um, and their defensive line doesn't scare me as much. And their offensive line is a, li- a little bit worse, I think, mm-hmm. across the board. They've got the better quarterback, no doubt. But I also think if I was like an if I was a diehard Eagles fan, the prospect of losing to the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game would terrify me. And mm-hmm. so I would like I would I would rather have the lower the higher downside of losing to the Niners than losing to the Cowboys. But the prospect of beating the Cowboys, I imagine, for Eagles fans would be more enticing. But like I feel like I feel like the the prospect of winning that game and going to the Super Bowl is pretty close, no matter who it's against. Like, no matter who you beat, you're still going to the Super Bowl. Well, so so I I I was thinking about this actually, right? If if like the theme of the if if if, if the theme of the 2017 team was like the underdogs, right? It wasn't necessarily who they were playing. It was the fact that they were underdogs in every game. Um, what if, if like this year, it's all it's it's the familiar foes, right? You have the mm. Giants, then you have the Cowboys, and then what if they have Andy Reid mm. in the Super Bowl, and it's you know you you go up against you know, the winningest coach in franchise history, but he never won the Super Bowl here. Uh, one of the best coaches ever in, in in the NFL, but it's like that that you know there's that mixed history in Philadelphia because they, and like from a storyline perspective, the Giants, the Cowboys, and then Andy Reid would be mm. so fascinating. Yeah. So, what would the name of that book be? Hmm. I I don't know. I mean, I don't. Come wanna, on, Zach. Yeah. We we know you. You gotta have some, familiar some dogs. Names starting to percolate. I don't have a book right now, so I, I I can't say that. Yeah, so. You may. Right now, all I'm focused on, it, well, is every podcast this this week getting being better than the day before, producing four really good stories this week, and then we'll four see what happens. Four stories this week? Four stories this week, at least, yes. Yes. That's a lot I, of stories. I don't want to bring any timeouts into the offseason, right? So, mm. uh yeah, whatever's in the notebook, I'm writing. I like that. Yeah. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's get to Super Sorecasting. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with the game, the Rosenthal's among you, uh, every week, Zach, Marissa, and I bid on the uh, variable likelihoods of different outcomes that are submitted by each of us. There are 12 each week. If you're, if the thing that you have won, the auction you've won happens, you get a point. Whoever gets the most points each week gets a point for that week there are carryover points i'm leading eight to five to four this is a three point week at stake marissa can tie me zach can pull within one we could all tie or i could take a little bit of a lead zach had the eagles convert more first downs on early downs than the giants convert total first downs this is what i was counting as we came back from break i counted 13 early down conversions for the Eagles among their 26 first downs. And the Giants had 13 first downs, hmm. which would mean it doesn't hit because the it is written converts more. Now, I hope that that's correct. Uh, and I wasn't counting touchdowns because it's first downs, not touchdowns. Hmm. So we may have to go back to the we have to leave this to the professor. I be- yeah, we'll, good thing we'll, we have an f- official staff. We will have to leave this to the professor. I believe yeah. right now it is at a tie, in which case you would not get it. There was a Jalen Hurts run, non-sneak, non-scramble on the opening Eagles drive. Uh, this did happen. It was, uh, it was a, a loss of one yard, but I told Zach as it happened that he need not worry. That, that mm-hmm. counted. Uh, so that's one. The Giants have at least two of the following. In any combination, false start penalties, delay of game penalties, timeout taken to avoid a delay of game. This was about the crowd influence. This did not happen. Uh, there was timeout, right? There was the timeout was not about the crowd. The timeout was about Daniel Jones's contact lens. That, no, I thought that, there was one later. No, but it would uh, again happen, not it about the crowd. Twice it would have happened. At- yeah, and they had no false starts. Right. Uh, and no delay of game penalties. This did not happen. I'm sorry to say, Zach. You also had Fletcher Cox has at least five combined sacks, quarterback hits, tackles for loss. Close. You needed one more Fletcher Cox sack, but it didn't happen. So one or two for Zach, depending on the professor's ruling. Marissa, the Eagles make a goal line stand. Afraid not, did not happen. 
The broadcast shows Eli Manning live three or more times. Don't believe that happened, right? No, only like once. I was pretty mm. surprised. They did show him on the Jumbotron in the stadium. Very funny. Uh, they showed him, had everybody get riled up, you know, gave him the double birds. Then they panned back to Malcolm Jenkins and Brent Selleck. You know, Jenkins was laughing. Then they panned back again to Eli Manning, which was very funny. People booed again. Then they panned back to Torrey Smith. Good stuff. I uh, but I included the Jumbotron in that. No points super. for you, I'm afraid. Yes. Yeah. The Eagles catch a pass, which is deflected off a Giants player. This came so close to happening. Yes. At the end of the game, right? There was a ball tip that almost fell into Dallas Goddard's hands, but unfortunately did not happen. And Dallas Goddard has at least 100 receiving yards. Did not happen. So, Marissa, unfortunately, a big old goose egg for you. Yeah, not a good week. Bo, I have a carryover. Mike McCarthy is no longer the Cowboys head coach. If they lose tomorrow and McCarthy gets whacked, that'll be a point for me, but unlikely. The Eagles play the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC Championship game. Mm. Points still up in the air. The Cowboys win. I'll get that. But for now, still zero. Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts combined for more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. Hurts and Sanders combined for 124 rushing yards. Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, 85. A point for the good guy. The Eagles have a passing touchdown of at least 40 yards. Didn't happen. Close on the uh, A.J. Brown overthrow, but even that would have been, I believe, 36 yards. And so close but no cigar. And then the Eagles win the game. That happened. Two points for me. So right now I've got the lead, but we will see what happens with Zach's. And then if the Cowboys win tomorrow, it won't matter. I will still get it, and I will go to 11 points over your five and four. Wait, was that the Sox one? The Eagles win the game? I The Eagles win the game, but if the Eagles wear white socks next week, my turkeys are pardoned, which means I get – all 12 of my turkeys back. Right, but I feel like there has to be an asterisk because they wore white socks this game. That was not written in, but you're right. They sh they, they shocked Denis yeah. in the fact that they wore white socks in this game, but that has nothing to do I with... I almost feel like the, the swooper should just be like, it doesn't count, because that was part of it. Mm, think, I, I respect what you're going for here. What do you think? Zach? I respect what you're going for. It's Marissa, wrong, I, but... I, I, I trust you, so whatever you think is right works for me. <laughs> I mean, I think we can make up some rules. I think that's too. a good effort out of you, Marissa. <laughs> I appreciate it. At 4.15 in the morning. <laughs> we'll have to get Denise to weigh in on all of this officially mm. before we declare. Well, we got that. daily pods. We got a lot, We got all kinds of time for guests right. and nonsense. Yeah. Zach's got a big <sighs> yawn coming. I'm sorry about that. He forced that yawn. That was a message yawn. He didn't no, actually I, I, yawn. Trust that me, was I did a, not, I'll not get a, out of here. That was not a forced yawn. Okay. I, I I think uh, an hour and fifteen minute podcast on at three a.m. is giving the audience uh, sufficient post game material when we have a full week ahead of us. Okay, you want to finish my story for me? That would be nice. Mm -hmm. I'm probably more equipped to finish the story for you than finish the podcast for you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, no. So uh, just to set this up here, the. The, the the Niners Cowboys game is tomorrow. The we're not going to hear from Nick Sirianni. Is that the tomorrow. early game or the late? It's the late game, right? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, and honestly, like you know, I I I wouldn't put up a fuss. I 
I would rather talk to Nick Sirianni once we know who the opponent is. So um, tomorrow's a day to do some advanced scouting. Uh, you know, I spoke to some guys in the locker room who said they're going to get some sleep tomorrow. Uh, and then what do you think they're going to order tomorrow? Mm. The coach. Uh, you have to keep it the same. It has to be Pizza yeah, Hut again. I'm going to I'm going to make a I'm going to make a prediction. Yeah. Someone's going to ask Sirianni about this his this week and he's going to say they ordered Little Caesars pizza because that's the official partnership of the That's the, the official yeah. partner. Yes. Yeah, exactly. He's going to say they did not go back to and he's like I had a hankering for Little Caesars. I think yeah. somebody got someone's going to Somebody in the market. Here. Yeah, exactly. You guys are pizza hut? Yes. That's yeah. Little Caesars. Yeah, they pay a really lot of money. Think- you really think the Lurries care if he's saying Pizza Hut and they're winning? I don't like, think the Lurries care. There's the probably people. No, there's 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 hardworking people uh, on. True. On, very true. You know the business wing of the building who are probably hearing from a, a little Caesar's rep this week saying oh, like yeah. we yeah we pay all this money to be the official pizza provider yeah so I I get that right you, you put the birdie in mm. the ear so. Um, or, or Marissa, maybe if it's little, if he drops a little Caesars, you get a point for a super sarcastic. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll be sending little Caesars to the facility myself tomorrow. <laughs> How many coaches are there? <laughs> Not a point for the win for the, for the win, just a point for the weekly oh. tally. So you'll still be short, but you'll get a point. <laughs> I mean, instead of not helping me win. Yeah, that's fair. All right. But you then, know what? But if, if he drops a little Caesars, you get a point. Okay. So then I, I, I was going to say it's a standard week, but it's not a standard week because uh, what, what happens during the championship week is the NFL takes over with some of the media requirements. So there's, there's more media requirements than typical this week, which for our purposes is good because more you'll, podium, you'll hear, right? Yeah. And, but uh, the flip side is you're going to have more of there and, and there's like teleconferences, but the flip side is, is, is you're going to have more of a, there'll, there'll be more national stories and, and that type of thing, more generic questions come, uh, 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 I'm sorry, tend to happen. And then we know the time of next week's game, 3 o'clock, 3 o'clock on Sunday, which is good for our purposes. It's, it's so good, game. man. Oh, thank God. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Thank God. And, and Bo and I, uh, we were talking about it tonight that we, we, uh, we want to do the in-person pods together. But ever since we went to video, that's harder to do with, with one mic. So we got to figure out the best way to do that for the quality of the podcast, the quality of the audio and to still have good video, but uh, it'll be earlier next, for next week. Yeah. 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 That'd be great. And potentially Super Bowl pods too. Right. Yeah. Well, those so- will be radio row, right? We can- yeah. 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 We'll have a setup okay. out there. Great. So. Great. So, so that's, that's, that's what you can expect this week. And, uh, we will. What do we think? Are we doing Tuesday to Friday daily pods, or are we going all the way Monday to Friday? Let's do Tuesday to Friday. Let's... Marissa, what do you think? I don't make the rules. Up to you guys. Yeah. You guys. I don't make the rules either. Just tell me where, what time. Marissa, I'll you be... and I are in the I same boat. A, here. I think there's a case to be made for a midday Monday react to Niners Cowboys. Get in and get out. Get in, get out. Meaning an hour and twenty minutes, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. pretty pretty brief. Yeah. This is what you it's all about. We do daily it. podcasts for like two and a half weeks during training camp. We I was do- talking. So I was talking to, to, uh, I was at my, my son's basketball today and my cousin was there with his son and we were talking about the pod. Lee. And I, Lee yeah. Lovely. And I, I felt bad about, 
about jumping off the other day, but I said like, uh, I'm, I'm a little more structured, I think in my schedule. Right. Uh, so, so like I, I, I literally map out blocks in my schedule for, okay. Podcast writing, phone calls, things like that. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still not used to just going with the pod until you decide that this is the time to end it. Right. I'm much better. If you say, if you tell me we need two hours, I will open up a two hour block, but, uh, I tend to put like an hour or 90 minutes typically. Certainly I mean, not two I, hours. I have, I appreciate what you're saying and that's a fair yeah. point, but it is on you. If you're only putting in an hour at no, this I put stage in 90 of minutes. your time with the show, 90 yeah. minutes. I, 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 I generally put, unless okay. it's like a double episode or during the summer, I, I tend to have more time, you know, the off season, I, we tend to have more time, but this time of year. Yeah, I have, I have a block of time where that's that. That's why the whole argument last week about not reading Bo's story. I have a block <laughs> of time in the morning when I read stories it's, and it's not in the middle of the day. So anyways, I digress. I can't believe Aji Aliasim lost to Yuri Leheka. It was a huge point loss for me. Leheka wasn't even drafted. Brutal. <laughs> All right, let's for all those that don't know. Drop this up. And then I lose. And then Zach, you do it. He gets an Ostapenko win. Okay. For for Marissa and for Bo and for Jalen and for Lane and for Tori and for uh, who else should we? And for Connor and for Eli. Yes. Yes. I'm Zach. Thanks for listening. We greatly appreciate your. Uh, your audience and can't end it like that Bo I and Bo I I don't use that word unless I mean it right so I will you don't mean it (laughs) where this show doesn't end until you say it (laughs) if you really want to get off and Bo loves you yes and we love you thanks for listening as always as always (laughs) 